0: Hi, Ann Rivley here, and welcome to the Remarkable Souls podcast, where I bring you insights, interviews, and inspiration on what it means to become a remarkable soul. Today, I have a special guest for you, and I am thrilled to offer you this opportunity to hear his insights and his inspiration in this interview. He's one of my most favorite human beings And he's a highly acclaimed, successful entrepreneur, businessman, and doctor and healer. He's also my brother.
1: Thank you so much for the invite.
0: Okay, Dr. Dan, or should I just call you Dan? Actually, I go by Danny with you. They all work, right?
1: They absolutely do.
0: So I'm excited to share with you to all my listeners, because I've talked a lot about you throughout the years and the impact that you've had on my life, and also the level of transformations you've been able to make within your own life. And I want to talk specifically for the last 10 years. Would you say that's been the major part where you've been able to make the the biggest transformation in a way that you've been able to witness it
1: in the world? Absolutely. I think the last 10 years has definitely been a start of a journey that's been amazing. And outside of the the things that have transformed in my life internally, they've been able to transform externally. And that's been actually one of the greatest parts is that when you can get into the idea that your spiritual DNA that you came here for can be activated, it's a wonderful experience. And you really have this sense of gratitude and blessings in your life to know that we're really here for a reason and we're here to serve people. We're here to help them see their beauty because once you get yours activated, once you get in touch with who and what you really are, it's your presence to be able to spill that out into other people's lives and to actually create outlets and vehicles to be able to touch them. And so, I always felt like I was capable of doing more than just a, a city. I'm a chiropractor in Woodstock, Georgia, but I always felt like it needed to spill out more than that and it has. I've I've created a lot of great mediums and vehicles to be able to do that. And so that's one of the blessings is that when you can take what you have and share it with the world, um, now you feel like you're doing a higher calling.
0: And I think what's great about what you have to offer is you've been able to do this where whether someone wants to be an entrepreneur, how they can plug that in, or also just whether they have a job or a certain career that they're working for somebody, how can you plug that in? Because you've electrified that even within your own enterprises that you've created from, let's say, your chiropractic practice to the businesses that you've built.
1: Well, the philosophy to me of of leverage, leverage is extremely important to anybody. Trading time for dollars is one thing, and we all know that if you don't show up for your time, you don't get your dollars. And when you actually create leverage in your life, you are able to To create this energy that goes out there and a lot of the amazing entrepreneurs have built themselves into multiple businesses and multiple networks of entrepreneurship and it gives them the opportunity to do multiple things while they're doing the one thing and that's really important.
0: Okay, so let's just start out and unpack. This is one of the things that I wanted to talk about today is money mindset Or getting into a better experience or relationship with money. But first, before we go there, the reason why I want to talk a little bit about wealth, consciousness, money mindset is because of how you've been able to impact this so tremendously in the trajectory of your own inspiring life in the, in the past seven to 10 years. Now, first, before we do that, the one of the reasons why I so respect you and admire you is because Dan, you've been married for how many years?
1: 26 years.
0: 26 years. You have four children. And in all of that context, you've been able to create a highly successful relationship. And no one handed it to you. You had to like work through both of you individually and collectively your own personal journeys of transformation which that in itself speaks a lot you have four amazing children and and then on top of that your businesses and the reason why I want to talk about the money mindset in the context because you're in order for you to attain the level of success that you did you didn't have to like burn and break apart all your, all the things that mattered, like such as your family core values and your relationship with your wife in order to stand in the place that you're standing right now with your success.
1: One of the most important things to me always was wholeness. One of the things I want to talk about is when you can really activate what's inside you. I believe that we've all been given a God's checkbook. That's the joke that we've had throughout the years is the ability to go, hey, listen, this is on god's checkbook not on my own personal one because i can limit what i feel like i'm worthy of but i know within the context of the divine we are all unlimited to what we can do and so my context is god's checkbook writes my bills and my checks but i want wholeness you know and i and i believe that how you start is 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 how you finish if you don't change who you are and i say this all the time in my businesses where you start I care more who you become than how much money or rank you go to or how the outcome of your business has become. So if you start with, you know, something that's really non-kind and you're not a kind person, you're going to continue that behavior. And and, and to me, we need more kindness in our world. And I wanted to be kind. I wanted to be whole and I wanted to have love coming out of my heart, my being. And I also wanted to be an abundant, amazing entrepreneur. And so I didn't want to sacrifice any of those. And I don't believe anyone ever has to, but you have to activate the ability to make sure that you're authentic when you're doing business with people and interacting with people and understand that if you're dealing in and working with God's checkbook, that there is no limitation. And so you don't you don't have to actually put your limitations on people. And I feel like feel like you need something from someone. It activates your shortcomings. And then you actually go more into this non kind way of how you try to manipulate getting to where you wanna go. There's no doubt everybody can step on somebody to get to where they gotta go. And I always refer to this as if you can break someone down to build yourself up, that's not the philosophy that I'd ever want to do. I want to actually build people up to build myself up. Um, my philosophy is is that I I work in a business arena where you have to be able to build people up for you to succeed in this arena. And so that's what's been really wonderful. But in my My meditative spiritual quests, wholeness has been one of the key factors that I've stayed focused on. And wholeness from my relationship with my family, my kids, my my community, and my abundant world. When, When money comes in, I don't want it to be greedy. I want it to be something I share and something I can be blessed and be a blessing to people.
0: So this brings me to an important point. I talk about one of my most powerful mantras that changed my life. And I mentioned how you say you still operate from this. And it was a big piece of what caused a shift on top of a lot of other things. And I want to get to that. What's your daily practice that helps enable you to stay the course in the trajectory that changed for you financially and in your relationship was the mantra when I shared this with you, that which supports me boldly steps forward. And that which doesn't gracefully steps down. So I want you to talk about that from a money mindset, like how you were able to use that just as a as a guidepost to change the way you were managing employees, the way you were looking at your finances, the way you were making business decisions, the way you were making relationship decisions. Share a little bit about, because I feel like you've embodied it and integrated it into your life in a way that it's it's becoming a living part of who you are.
1: So that's a very powerful mantra. And then the idea behind that what supports me boldly steps forward and that which does not gracefully steps down is actually your relationship to the universe. It's a relationship to your creator, to the divine. And within that relationship that you've got to trust that the energy that you put out is attracting the energy that you get back. And if some or someone comes around that you've got the right intention with your energy they're going to lift you up they're going to support you then they're going to do it and show it in ways that are evident that are obvious and you have to stay clued in on a on a minute basis, an hourly basis, and a daily basis to say am i connected enough to know and see the signs that are they're coming with me as well as when you think this person's awesome in your life and they're going to be great in your life and they kind of start drifting away or bowing out do you have enough faith to be able to allow that process to take place and for lack of a better word faith is a great word for me because you have to have faith that this invisible connection that's visible when you see it in your external world and manifestations is really a guidepost into that which supports me is going to show up because that's the energy I'm sending out. And that which doesn't gracefully steps down because I'm sending out the energy for people who don't support me to just kind of gracefully go away. And it's it's one of those things that you've got to stay awake with. You've got to stay conscious with. And I've been able to do that by having that 15 to 20 minute daily meditation to make sure that I'm activated into connection. And when you're activated in connection, I believe that the universe gives you signs all day long about what is supporting you and possibly what is not supporting you. And it's up to you to read the signs.
0: Oh, so that's a great stop point for us to really get clear on what would you say is your daily practice that you do to stay connected? I love that word because I believe that all of our life, anything that we feel outside of, that we feel disconnected with, that is of that wholeness, that is of that abundance, that is of that love, that is of that blessing. It's a, it's a matter of getting back into that connection again. So, let what is your daily practice that you would say from a, a spiritual standpoint, or from a standpoint of connection? We don't even have to use the word spiritual; it, just from a place of wholeness.
1: So, when I wake up in the morning. I create that environment where I've got about a 10 minute mantra um it's poetic it's middle east it's it's eastern in philosophy you've got this Buddha for those Buddha, right yeah Yep, yeah, that would be more because that's in the uh, essence of what it is and, and and it's about just making sure that you know just like a glass of muddy water if you don't stir it the mud will settle and it's about getting into that space to make sure that you don't, you, you're you in a space to where you can see through the stuff and the debris of your life. Um, and then when you start to stir it, you can start seeing chaos or the muddy water. But my idea is start the day out with stillness, with the debris floated down. And if the debris is on the bottom of the glass of the water, you get an opportunity to see what the reality of your life can be for that day. Uh, so it's it's a wonderful thing, and it's up to me on whether I stir that water up or I get rid of that debris so the water gets purified even more. And that's what I depend on and I rely on with the universe and my connection to be helpful with, co-creator with, is to guide me in the right direction, that the people that are coming to my lives that are boldly stepping forward are keeping that glass clear, but the people who maybe need to be weeded out they could be muddying the water a little bit.
0: Drama. That's drama. No yeah. Or conflict. Have time.
1: I don't have time for the drama. And so that's an example for me that every day I listen to this and it reminds me of making sure that I'm looking through the, the clarity of life and not the muddied water, even though I'm not in denial, that muddy water is there.
0: Okay. Okay. So you, you wake up and before your feet hit the floor, do you do this practice? No. No. Okay, so your feet hit the floor, but you haven't picked up your phone yet, correct? Because some people pick up their phone right away, and they're immediately out into the world.
1: To me, it's... it's. Sometimes I don't pick up the phone because I can't find it. And sometimes if I do find it, I do pick up the phone.
0: And what do you do with the phone? Do you do you look at Facebook? Do you check no, your email? No, no,
1: no. I actually won't go into any of that stuff. I'll look to see if there was any text I missed um, that came out through. Because I work in a business that has multiple time zones. Okay. And so I'll look to see if there's any text that I missed that I need to put into my meditation to, to, to work with. If there's any situations I, I want to put there. So I will only go to a, a text setting.
0: Okay. And then this is important. So then you're doing the text setting and then you don't even respond yet. You still do your meditation.
1: That's correct. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll grab a cup of coffee first and sometimes I won't. Sometimes I'll drink that cup of coffee. Then I'll do my, my, my mantra or my, my Buddhist, um, awareness, uh, meditation. But all of that happens within the half hour before everybody else in the house has to get up and will get up. And so I take that I make sure that whatever time anyone's getting up, I'm getting up earlier than that because I've got to have that time before the day starts.
0: Okay, so would you say that's been a big part of your daily practice? There's actually a book that's out, like The Morning Miracle, which is based upon whatever we set in the morning has a huge impact on the entire trajectory of our day. And then this is where you're talking about leverage or compounding effects. I really feel like we under, the i I ascribe to what Tony Robbins says. We overestimate what we can get done in a year, but we underestimate the change that we could take place within a five to 10 year span.
1: I'll agree. I'll agree with that. And and I agree with that from the standpoint of that. A lot of us aren't even like we have these ideas about like what we want to get done, but we don't, we don't actually maybe do the rituals or the practices and habits to get it actually done. So that's, you know, one of the things, but if you actually did it and you created that pattern, you created that ritual, I think that you're, you can't even see it as well. As it, you can't see how good your life really can be when I mean, you get into the connection and you do the practices and then you do the, the deeper ones, the self inventories that go on quarterly uh, or or monthly. And then you find places of a heavier, connection tone
0: or energetic entanglements i like to call it
1: right and so i I actually have places i go to um that's in south america that i actually get into a setting where you're disconnected from almost everything and and you go through experiences that just really internally bring you into another state of self-discovery
0: well you've definitely hit one of my hot spots that i love to talk about which is the power of ritual and you're basically saying It's like a spiritual glue almost, which is what I like to call it, that you can't even see the compounding effect of how it will begin to leverage your growth, leverage the change. And it's wonderful that you have the opportunity to go and do spiritual retreats. This is a lot of what I teach with my monthly moon rituals. It's a way for people to do a a retreat with themselves, even in their own environment, so that... Whether we can go somewhere else and do it, or whether we have to take dominion of wherever we're at,
1: yes. And I, I want everybody to know that like I couldn't always afford it. I couldn't always afford the time. I couldn't always afford it. I had to actually really um, make affirmative decisions for my life to do it because it was so important for me. Uh, so that because of that, I did that. Though it unfolded this opportunity to untangle a lot of a uh, emotional deep. Webbing, you know, the belief system, which I'd love to be able to just let you know real quickly, you know, what beliefs are made out of. Beliefs are your thoughts. Your thoughts create your feelings, and your feelings create then your actions, and your actions create your results. And a lot of times people. They, they don't know how to go deeper into what is the stemming root from whatever is happening. And I'm getting this response. A lot of people go, well, I want to go to you know, one of these programs and I want to become a manifester. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're a beautiful manifester. You're an amazing manifester. You're manifesting every single thing based upon your beliefs and your software that you're, you're coming from. Now that software came from you being raised the way that you were, your parents, your your friends, uh, the school system you went into, the religions you went into, your spiritual practices that you have, all of that are your your belief systems. And what they do is they create thoughts inside you. The thought to go, "I think I'm going to do this," but that that was attached to something that was negative, so it created that feeling, so it created that action, and then you got the result. And then you look at that, and you you can repeat that. You have to go deeper into changing those beliefs around, which changed those thoughts, which change those feelings. And I give this example all the time. If somebody's raised in a, a family that, you know, there wasn't a lot of love around and maybe there was a little bit of abuse and they started understanding that that was a love, you know, that's the way the only I got attention was they loved me when they hit me around a little bit and abusively talked to me or did these kinds of things their definition or their belief of love would be something differently than someone that was raised in a family where you gave hugs and you gave smiles and you gave great you know, affirmations throughout the day to be able to become a better human being. And if you got these two people together, they would have the same – they would say, yes, I love, but it would be completely different a result of how they – Felt when they received it and got it and stuff like that. Well,
0: I guess showing up in the actions, there would be not the cohesiveness between the two because their language is so deeply embedded in different ways, unless you begin to consciously untangle those energetic entanglements, like what I call, where you're more in a place of agency over how you are interacting with your actions. And
1: and that to me is important because it's one of those things where you, you do got to follow what feels right and you do got to follow what feels good. And a lot of times your beliefs don't feel right, but you do them anyways. And a lot of times your beliefs will feel right and will feel good, but you're talked out of it anyways. And that's why to me, you still got to go deeper into following those desires and following what feels right and following those emotions that actually are something that's not, that, that are not a boomerang or a reaction in your life, but actually have purpose and meaning. And that's what I was talking about earlier is activating that spiritual DNA of who you are is that you're getting deeper, d- way, way deeper in bypassing all of this stuff. So you actually are the one deciding the thoughts that create the feelings of your, out- your outcome. So you have actions that are uh, worthy of what you want to be the result in your life. And so that's why, to me, self-development is extremely important, and that's one of the vehicles that I have um, with one of the entrepreneurships and the businesses I have is it's all about who you become. It's all about who you're revealing. It's all about the, the ability to know that every single dream is inside you. No matter what you feel like because of your belief system, you may have been told that you can't have this, can't do this, can't do that because you're this, 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 and this. But I'm telling you, it's in there. It's wrapped up in a, in a gift ready to be unwrapped by you. But you've got to go do the work to get there, to go find that. And that's why they say, you know, it's a present. Because when you stay present with what you want, you'll find the presence of your life.
0: Okay, so let's back up to when maybe you felt outside of the, that place of your gifts or the level of expansion In manifestation that you are now experiencing. Let's go to that place.
1: Okay. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I was blessed again to have a, a pretty predominant family that, that were chiropractors. And, you know, that was one of the things that I was kind of drilled in and you can be successful, you can make money, you can do all these things. And, and I agree with that. Chiropractic is an amazing profession. And, and me being a practicing chiropractor um, and having the tool belt of, of changing people's lives through a chiropractic adjustment is amazing, but it wasn't all that I was built to do. And it wasn't all the spiritual activation of my DNA. Uh, So when I started getting into wanting to become more at that phase, I had kids, I had bills, I had a practice I had to focus on, but there was still something longing inside me that says, there's still something more. I, I want more. And I had people around me that had beliefs that wanted to put them on me to say, you're okay just being who you are right here. Just take care of all of our needs too. And then I had, you know, family members. That was saying, it's okay just to be a chiropractor. A chiropractor is an amazing thing. And I agreed with all of that. But it wasn't my gig. Completely. It was a stepping stone into who I was becoming. So no matter where you start out with, if you start out in a family business and you're a mechanic and you take over the mechanic shop, but you have something bigger inside you, go after that something bigger inside you. And then you can actually... Have two mechanic shops, three mechanic shops if you learn the philosophy of how to leverage out your life, but you could also then influence the mechanics that come into your. I'm just using that as an example, but the, the point is… Well,
0: sometimes is, people want a completely different thing than what their family has sent them down the path to become.
1: Well, it's not sometimes, it's mostly… But, I, you know, it's the philosophy was what I really enjoyed out of the chiropractic because it was a lifestyle. But I felt like I had a I wanted a bigger platform and medium to get out to people that were not just going to chiropractors and not just chiropractors attending a chiropractic seminar. I wanted to get to people, anyone that could breathe, anyone that had, you know, the ability to dream. I wanted to get to them with a bigger message about who and what they were, who and what they are and what they can do when they tap into the same way that I tapped into. I'm nothing special, and I tell, I tell this to people all the time. I just decided to do something special, which was to actually create connection back inside myself with what God gave me to do.
0: Well, that is so inspiring, Dan. But what's even the most profound aspect of this inspiration is that when you said you had people telling you just take care of your family, your basic needs, this is good enough. And yet you honored it in a way like we'll go specifically because a lot of people feel this or in a marriage. And what if both people don't see that at the same time of each other? How do you do that dance in a relationship? Because this is what's so respectable about you. You walked through what would feel like constriction in certain capacities with how you were doing your job, how you were making your money, the level of wealth you wanted, and also the depth and and range of connection with your beautiful wife, who I just adore, Kristen, after 26 years, or that you made it through you're at 26 years, and you guys are still in such a beautiful relationship. And it wasn't that you guys always agreed on this. You weren't, you weren't like tiptoeing through the tulips through this process always, but also you weren't grinding each other down. So how, what?
1: So the, that's a, it's a great question. And, and and this is the true essence of freedom. Everyone, this is the true essence of freedom. It's taking 100% responsibility for your actions, your thoughts, your feelings, Your life, 100%. The minute you point the finger, the minute you think something externally is doing something to you, that's when you stop. That's when you blame. That's when you go into victimship. That's when you do not move forward. That's where collateral damage starts to happen when people want to then push forward through that and not realize, no, 100% responsibility means how do I find out what's coming at me through my wife? of the restriction she's experiencing and how am I processing that. Now I could have my past beliefs of how my dad processed it or I saw my brothers process it or I saw other people process it, but I had to find out what. how do I need to. And the wholeness part of it was is finding how I could hear her, understand the best I could and still continue in a connection where the universe was still boldly stepping forward for me. So I didn't have to mechanically push people out of the way. I brought them in to my life, took responsibility that if I was reacting to what they were asking, which was very valid and very real. If I was reacting in a way that wasn't cohesive to how life reveals itself, then that was my responsibility, not hers. And then I had to do some internal searching and inventory and change things around. And all of a sudden I would see a different experience. And I would literally transform other people because I was transforming myself. And that's really important to understand because one of the biggest insights I got out of a meditation one time is when people say, look into someone's eyes and you'll see them through to their soul. And I say, look through your own eyes and then you'll see the soul of your world out there.
0: Whoa. Whoa. That's uh... Look through your own eyes and you will see the actions of your soul out there. That's right.
1: That's right. Everything is is your experience. Everything is your doing. A hundred percent of freedom is a hundred percent responsibility. There is nobody that is going to give you anything that you can't pull out of yourself to create. So when someone does, it's because the divine is working with you. You are working from a higher place. And this is where people go, that was a miracle that that took place. Yeah, it absolutely was. You should expect a miracle every single day, every single hour. If you're willing to do what we talked about with the rituals, the connections, and take the responsibilities for your actions, whether they be good or bad, my goal is, is how do I become a better version of myself today than I was yesterday? Even hourly, sometimes if I, if I have a, a downward spiral in an hour, I want the next hour to be better than I was that hour. And that's the turnaround in my life is that become conscious and aware that I am responsible for everything I'm saying, my reactions to life, also what's coming back at me when I'm blessed and I feel really amazed at like, wow, it couldn't get any better than this. It's all part of that. And so I don't have this pendulum where I swing and go, oh my God, it's so good. I'm waiting for the crash. And oh my God, it's so bad. Will it get better? My goal is actually not to take the pendulum swing, but actually how do I get it more into the center of... That spot of the power of feeling blessed. And to me, that blessing, and that's why it's difficult. People have a hard time dealing with me sometimes because it's like, I don't go and they go, well, was that really fun? And I'm like, but it's all really fun. Well, I mean, did that stand out? Well, it, it all stands out because I don't have this high and this low. I have this place of just being. And it's a wonderful place to be at. I'm not saying I'm there all the time, but I'm saying that's what I strive for. That's why I start the morning to see the clarity of the glass and the debris on the bottom. So I don't stir it up. And if I stir it up, I got to take responsibility. Someone didn't come and kick my glass open. I stirred it up.
0: This is where when you talk about it, you just you're it's all a blessing. It doesn't matter whether you're sitting by the fire having a great conversation, that stands out as a highlight to you just as much as being in a stage presentation, getting accolades for something.
1: And or when when, when I'm having a conversation that doesn't seem to be going in my favor because I'm reacting in something, that's still a blessing because I can either learn from it, step up another rung of the ladder, or I could go back three rungs because I decided I wanted to point the finger and project it onto someone else. And that's when you step back to three rungs instead of going back up to the ladder of the top of your success. Um, I had this conversation with someone the other day and they were just saying like, I spent an hour trying to convince them of why they should be in my business and all of this stuff. And I said, and he goes, and I don't know. I mean, it takes my belief away. And I said, that's the thing is, is that that should increase your belief. Because if you can take what you did out of that hour and find all of those things that kept going wrong in your conversation that you couldn't get them to understand and correct them, you are going to become a master of your craft. But if you look at those as examples of something that you've been beaten down and and that didn't go in your way and and not take responsibility for everything that's being said, because there's always somebody who can do a better job than us. That's just the way it is. I mean, I've come to understand it like there's always someone who's going to have more money than me. I may get there, but I'm telling you, it's a big, 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 big bar out there. But I'm okay with that. And maybe I become that guy and I don't need to. I want wholeness while I do it. And I'm not judging whether someone else has got that. My point is, is that every single thing with responsibility creates another step of the rung of freedom of, of, of your life.
0: That's what you're talking about is what Denzel Washington would call fail forward, fail moving forward. And so there is no failing. That's the whole point of it is if you can take and learn from the conversation, from the situation, from whatever interaction happened, then you're still moving forward
1: always. You're always moving forward because I believe that that is what we are here for. We are here to become amazing, abundant, blessed human beings. And and one of the things that always has stood out to me is a a piece I read about Buddha. And people would say, Buddha, but how are you so compassionate to the situation or to people? And in, in the context, it was, I'm not compassionate to that person. I'm a, I'm a compassionate person.
0: Yeah. Wayne Dyer would refer to that, that if you squeeze an orange, you get orange juice out of it every single time. Not apple juice, not lemon juice. You squeeze an orange, you get orange juice. And so when you know, when someone squeezes you, what comes out.
1: That's exactly right. So to me, the, 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 Beautiful part of that is is that if I overspill a cup, and inside that cup is compassion, then that that cup is going to overspill compassion as it continually gets poured into, and that's what Buddha was is is over, it Just it it was he wasn't trying to be compassionate to people. He just was because that's what spilled out of him.
0: This is where I like to say this. I like to give the example of Jesus as well, in the sense of I truly believe, and we talk about like getting in service, being of service and how we can change so much of our lives when we're in service to other people. But I think even to go one step further is to share, because I believe that sometimes we can use the word or the idea of service, and it can get sort of transactional. Well, I did this for them, and I expected this in return. And I understand that when it's talking about service from a high-level standpoint, it's really talking about uh, a generous act that has completely no no selfish agenda or attachments to it. So then I like to say it's really sharing. That when Jesus walked this earth, he wasn't saying, how can I be of service? He was really saying, how can I share all that I know to be true of my father inside of me? And that's what he walked the earth, over spilling that out. And it came across as compassion. It came across as connection. It came across in this beautiful way so i i love that example
1: to me is is why we want to pick out icons to follow a path that they they've put forth and the trials and tribulations that they lived through to put forth to give us an understanding and say it's not follow me it's follow this pathway that i walked
0: follow the way
1: and i'll i'll it'll help you get to where you want to go because there's beauty in that there's beauty in this pathway
0: so I want to bring this back to the practicality of right now, like a money mindset, inspiration on that wealth consciousness, because I have found in the work that I do, there's a couple of areas that three that are like the most significant people are always working on. They're either working on something with money, shifting that lack experience or a relationship Finding a deepening of a relationship, either getting into a relationship, deepening a relationship, having intimacy, whether it be with a a significant partner. Most often it's that or other family members or it's really finding a place of better health. And then next, I would say like purpose and purpose in in the work that they're doing and offering to the world. So with all that said, I would like to come to what would you say? in the most simplest life changing one piece of advice what would you offer that could be a game changer a shifter for somebody to change the money mindset especially since that's that's a big a big component that I see so many people really wrestling with or I don't want to say struggling sometimes it's struggle and hardship but it's really they're really trying to find their, their way with it so I
1: think that a lot of times we make decisions out of lack and fear even though they're disguised as like I'm actually doing it because I'm an abundant person and I'm raw raw and I'm abundant you know because sometimes we take those cheerleading courses where at law of attraction if you think it then it's coming your way and this and that and the philosophy that I live by is that you actually attract what you are not what you want and so you've got to really be razor's edge about getting down inside yourself about what you are about. Um, and to me, I had to make a I had to make a decision, and decisions are important. But I had to make a an idea about if I had five million dollars in the bank, how would I make this decision? If it had to do with me going forth and and, and taking a risk or doing things like that, so. To me, when I was making decisions, I had to act like I had the freedom of money already set aside and there was a sense of freedom inside me when I would do that, that would go, oh, I would go do it this way instead of this way. See, the fear of not having enough makes you go this way, which is not truly your ultimate case you want to get to or your ultimate connection. So I would do that as much as I could, not from the standpoint of like, well, if I had five billion dollars in the million, I'd go get a Lamborghini. So I'm going to go leverage my whole life out to get a Lamborghini. That's not what I'm talking about.
0: You're talking about removing that desperate, needy energy. That's
1: exactly right, because that needy, desperate energy is actually what's going to guide you emotionally into a decision that may not lead you in the right direction to create that different level of your abundance. Because by law of attraction, you attract what you are, not what you want. Now, you may eventually get there to what you want, but I'm telling you, it's deeper than that. That's why, you know, you So can't- let's
0: just back up. You attract what you are and not what you want. So if you are acting and thinking really in a desperate, needy way,
1: that's exactly then you're still going to be desperate and needy for money. Well, and you're going to get a situation that works out because of the desperate and neediness that didn't get you that run-run up on the ladder of, Another expansion. Your, your expansion of your your abundant consciousness. You, really, something will show up that where even if you made twenty bucks, somehow or another fifteen is going to be gone like that.
0: Wow! So, what would you say? How could you put this into practice?
1: So, how you put it? Well, to put it into practice is you, you've got to find your way that you do it. But it's decision making. It's affirmative decision making to go from in, an abundant consciousness. Of, well, from from an abundant place that it's not necessarily the illusion, but it's the idea that like. What what would I really do if I had this this financial freedom, and what am I willing to do right now that I don't? And they be, they got to come closer in alignment because a lot of times you will make the decision. If I don't have it, then I need to have to do something different than what my true path could be. And it's a razor's edge sword. It's one of those things. And this is just for me. This is how I got there, and this is how I continue to get there because you know we are an expansive um, human beings. It, 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 we don't stop. Just because you get to that first goal doesn't mean the second one that you haven't even thought of before you got the first one comes about. You know, everyone thinks that once I get there, then I'll be done. You're never going to be done. You think you will. Once I start, you know, once I get into first class, I'll experience it. I won't ever need to do that again. Trust me, you will. You'll want to fly first class again and again. And it's not a bad thing and it's not a greedy thing. It's a thing of like, I just like this as comfort now. This is the one thing that I know is that the universe is designed for you to have whatever you want. But if you go and say, I, I want to work out and get into that first class, but I can only fly economy, then maybe you make some different decisions and go, if I had $2 million right now, I'd fly first class. But you know what? Maybe I might want to do is take a month of different choices that I could actually afford at this time. And I'll make up the difference in those that I don't just go get it on a credit card and you know put myself in debt because I'm going to do it. That's the desperation of trying to get somewhere where you don't really authentically belong yet but to go and say, I'll, I'll change, rearrange this to get to here because I want to know what it feels like to have that $2 million of experience.
0: So would you, like, okay, so everything you're talking about, Danny, is all that you've lived. I mean, you went from actually being in debt, like, how many years ago? Was it seven, ten? What
1: is it? No, it's like literally five years ago. We were still paying off credit cards, um, but we had, uh, you know— building a business the way that we did we accumulated a lot of debt building and getting our our education we built we had a lot of debt but then it just starts to compile after that once you get in there and you get cash flow you if you don't have a sense of really understanding abundance in the the reality your cash flow is an illusion of abundance it doesn't get you there and so what happens well a lot
0: of people are living that life where they have a lot of cash flow but then they also have a debt and they're not really, and they're feeling that pressure.
1: Of course they're feeling that pressure because that pressure is more real than the cash flow coming in.
0: So you, I mean, I know you know
1: Listen, this. Listen, if you spend a million dollars, or if you make a million dollars and you spend a million dollars in one dollar, you're going to be in debt.
0: But what's crazy though, I think, is that a lot of times people are not like frivolously spending per se. You weren't. It's just that that whole. I had to
1: create a relationship. So I actually, because I've been a chiropractor, I started, because I wanted to fly first class, I started bartering the buddy tickets with one of my patients that was a Delta mechanic. And so I created a pathway to get into first class to make it believable and created. And all of a sudden, I'm flying over to Spain and I'm flying over to England first class. Now, there was a responsibility that came with that. I had to be willing to go, if I got bumped over there, am I going to pay the $2,000 to get back in economy? Yes, I took that risk and it it paid off almost every single time. I got caught a couple times, but it, it helped me build my belief system that I am worthy and can do that. So everyone, you gotta find your path into how you get there. I just happened to find mine through barter and buddy systems. All of a sudden I was in first class. And now I'm at a financial place in my life because I've done all the other things on top of that.
0: That's one example. That's of, one example. Of how you began to allow yourself to embody that. New level of belief systems, consciousness, so it's what you are. And I would
1: I would be in first class when the people who had more money
0: than I would would be back in the economy and I'd
1: be riding on the plane with them. It was a level of consciousness. It was a level of, uh, you know, me creating something while they still had their consciousness of going, well, we're still only worthy of economy. And and that was, they could afford it. They could afford it. You would be amazed at how much you can afford, but the decisions you make with your money and what you choose to do with it concerns be something completely different. And so I've worked my way into where, you know, I I want I want lots of money um, from the abundance standpoint because I want to make lots of change and difference in people's lives. And I'm a firm believer that if I was living on the streets, I will have less impact than if I'm actually, you know, running a huge multi-million dollar organization to be able to influence people. And I want to influence people. I want to make that change. I want to take what I've been given as a a sense of, self-discovery and self-inventory on myself and give people the opportunity to do the same thing when they don't think or know that they can and create medium mediums to be able to do that
0: okay so in wrapping this up because i think this has been really insightful i mean we could actually have hours of discussion on this topic in all the different range in which our lives are affected when we are in a place that we don't know how to have the proper money. And I don't even like to say money mindset because it is about who you are or the consciousness that really supports the abundance that the universe is operating in so that we can create a thriving life. I would like to just wrap up with like, just hit some highlights here. You really changed everything for yourself in the last five years because I want to give the listeners right now this sense of hope that. Their entire relationship with money can be totally different within a short period of time. And if you were to simplify, distill it down, what you did, like as if you were passing this secret, this gift to them, how would you describe what you did in the quickest, easiest way that they could walk out tomorrow and saying, you know what? I can do this.
1: But what I would say is, that you've got to find a vehicle in which this translates into, because a lot of times you don't know where to start or where to go. And there's there's opportunities out there where you can actually tap into creating a financial income. One of the things that I've always taught, the way I was taught, is called the set of the sail. The wind is going to blow on us all for boats on the water, but all of us are going to have different sets of our sail to a destination that we're going to end up at. And the wind is going to be, it's not going to have any bearing whatsoever What, where you want to go, but the set of the sail is what's actually going to do it. And so we always say that within six months, the set of your sail to be different to where it has been in the last six months can change the course of direction because the wind is going to blow on us all.
0: Yeah, no one's exempt. This is why I keep saying, you know, people like think that someone else has it better and luckier. And we begin to make ourselves think that we should be exempt from the wind that we are all subject to. And people have set their life up in a way that maybe they have, that's why I love the word stamina, they have more stamina to weather these different components of the wind. The of po-
1: The political system's going to go up and down. Some people go, well, you got it lucky because it was this was a Democratic president versus a Republican president when you got your success. And the reality of this is you can find a story for every story that someone says it happened because of that reason. You can find another story. It happened with the opposite that took place because the wind had no bearing. It was exactly what you're talking about, the stamina of being out there on the water and making sure that you're 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 setting your sail to go in the direction you want to. You got to find. a a tribe or a a place of of like-minded people to be able to step into something to find a business or something that can help create. You know, I stepped into network marketing was my my thing when I was back when I'm a chiropractor and I was trading time for dollars and I got to learn how to leverage my time, get to leverage. And Rockefeller said, I'd rather have 1% of 100 people's efforts than 100% of mine. And that changed the whole philosophy on how I was doing business. At the time I was one chiropractor. Now I've got nine chiropractors uh, working under the roof of my office. And I had I didn't have any massage therapists. I've got eight massage therapists. And I've also been able to build a multi-million dollar networking business. So the set of the sale, had, to, had, had you have to put yourself in the marketplace. You have to be in the arena of where the money's coming from.
0: Oh, I'm a big believer on that because this is where I, I say that the marketplace is the money. And when you put the components of... Nourishing the soil that surrounds you, of who you are, how you're showing up to life, that is what starts to change the way you can exchange with the marketplace. So, a a woman who is having to spend her days walking every day just to get water for her kids, she is not in these impoverished conditions because something's wrong with her. She doesn't have access to the marketplace the same way. Every one of us do. And so we're all like gifted in this today's time and age with regardless of what anybody says, the world is getting more of a connected place that we can connect into our own choices and our ability to access a bigger marketplace to change our lives. And so when you're talking about how you really got clear that I got to access the marketplace in a way that leverages it. And then you began working on, okay, how can I change that? My way I'm accessing the marketplace in a leveraged way with wealth consciousness.
1: And that's exactly what happened. So I, I ended with, for me, what I think is important is that you start today to be kinder than you were yesterday to yourself and to others. To have this idea and understanding and know that you are a divine, amazing, beautiful, abundant human being. Not from a affirmation, but from a knowing And when you start in that direction and you start associating with people who can connect in and believe the same way, you'd be amazed at how opportunity starts to find you
0: and you don't have to look for it. Setting the sail. So thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. All of our more information and the programs and courses that I offer and any questions that you have, be sure to send them to questions at annribley.com and go to annribley.com for all of the upcoming events and programs that I offer. Namaste, my beautiful one. Namaste. Thank you so much, Dan.